Welcome to the Balls Out Podcast. My name is Mitchell Keith. Maddie Ice. And we are the most petty, intelligent basketball podcast hosts on the planet. At least I'd like to think so. No bias involved there. Um, and we'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, you know, Matty Ice, we had a lot of chaos on this trade deadline. A lot of woge bombs. We're going to get into what stood out the most between you and I. But this James Harden's outfit, first of all, yeah. to, to start... And it matches the 76ers play right now as they get blown out by the Celtics. Yeah, it seems very uh, outlandish. Yeah, what, what did you say on Twitter? Oh, it was, uh, it looks like the first time your mom lets you dress yourself. Yeah, first time. Yeah, and I, I remember my first time uh, dressing myself, and it looks something like that. Yeah, just a lot of mix and match. Well, these colors go with these colors. Somehow I, I got some crayons and started drawing on my jeans. Um, Another day. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, anyway, go follow Matty Ice on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Ice Ice Matty. Oh, beautiful. Follow me on Twitter, Only Child Mitch. Follow Balls Out Podcast, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, let's get into it. You know, of all the trades that happened, Matty Ice... Or didn't happen. I think we could be surprised the Lakers or the Knicks didn't really make a move. I don't count Cam Reddish. No. But the Hawks was a team that didn't make any trade deals. And we see them sitting at the 10th spot right now. Um, And I think that's a team that either needs to come together like they did last year. Because it's a must-win game. They need to do that. Yeah, sitting at the 10th seed right now going into the All-Star break. That's pretty dangerous with who's around them. Right. Who's to say the Knicks does not win five games in a row and are right there in contention? Yeah, and I feel like in that scenario, you're going to see the Hawks drop to around the 12 seed easily. Even a, below the Wizards? Or are I they just like free-falling? The I don't want to say they're free-falling, but okay. they have been for a while. So yeah. I feel like they have to hit a bottom, and I don't think the bottom is their bottom. Yeah. They're still better than that. Okay, okay. And I agree. So Wizards are just going to keep going. I do not wish any more falling from that team. So in reverse order of Eastern Conference standings, how you see it picturing working out in your head is uh, Pistons, Magic, or, you know, flip-flop those, and then Wizards. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's crazy because one of our first episodes was about the surprising Wizards and how they were the first seed. And oh my goodness, how the turns have tabled. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's really been, I think, yeah, no, the Wizards and the Hawks, like trailing back on that, they haven't done much better either because they also started up in the top and have continued to just kind of and this has kind of been their plateau of bottom right now. Mm-hmm. And to, to make no moves is just ill-advised. Right. I mean, there's no one you're going to get from buyout that's going to be worthwhile. Like, any of these teams that are looking at people that, like, will change their rosters drastically, like the Lakers not making a move. Yeah. You're telling me that someone in buyout is going to be totally worth it to change whatever is not working in L.A.? I don't know. That that's hard to say. From the Hawks' perspective, 
I can see why they didn't trade, though, because they have the same exact team as they did last year, except Lou Williams is on the team. But he, he was kind of, you know, that was the peak of his career, or the end of his career, essentially. Yeah. So with this team, it's just crazy to think and, and see how much they've free-fallen. But if they bring it together, I think they could upset somebody and then end up going into the eighth seed. But um, to piggyback on the Wizards, let's talk about them in the sense of the trade they made. Yeah. A player that you and I really like is Montrez Harrell. Yeah. And he got traded to... The Hornets. Okay. Which just works perfectly because mm-hmm. it's it fills all the gaps that Mason Plumley has because Mason Plumley cannot get any better than what he is. He's God. He is Mason Plumley. Like Right. <laughs> there's no other way to put it. He's obviously done well this year. Like his stats are nice, but I like at the end of the day he wasn't gonna save that roster. But Montrose Harrell adds some hustle and some drive into that. Not just, like, the bench, but I saw them playing together. Yeah. And There's those, energy that... Yeah. I think that might be a, a slept-on trade. Montrez really always is just that clutch dude for that energizer bunny off the bench. And another trade that the Wizards made was with the Mavericks. And this is more interesting on the Mavericks' end, because uh, they traded away Porzingis. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I think it was inevitable. It was clear that Luca and Przingis were not getting along at all. Who does Luca get along with? Not very many people. <laughs> he, he gets along with himself. I guess that all, that's all that yeah. matters, right? He, he wants that star role, and so did Przingis. And so, but it was very clear where you're going to put your money in, in a franchise. But did Porzingis really want that role? Or did injuries prevent him from having the opportunity to become that role? To like grow into it. Yeah, yeah I think that it definitely was a problem. And then obviously when you're prone to injury, your coaching staff, your team is going to be a little bit lighter on you mm-hmm. in hopes to like preserve. So in return, the Wizards... Uh, for the Porzingis trade, the Mavericks got Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, uh, which Bertans da- was... Davis. Davis. Thank Davis you. Bertans. Thank you. Appreciate that. Davis Bertans. I only know me. that because he was a spur, so I had to learn the, the name too. I feel like Pop just every year has that random European shooter. Yeah. Or just like that name that you're just like, uh, all right, I'll yeah. figure that one out today. Yeah, Tiago Splitter. Yep. Um, you had Boris Diaw. Boris Diaw. Oh man, the the French power forward. He could just he could hit that corner three like nothing. Oh it was yeah, crazy. Um, so yeah, another trade that could be potentially slept on is the Clippers trade. Um, shout out to our boy Victor if you're listening. Um, we we want to give Reggie Jackson some love first of all. Yes, he's been a real energizer bunny. I'm gonna keep saying that word today. Uh, for you guys and we're happy to see Reggie Jackson doing good but not necessarily the Clippers because of the race for the 10th seed yes um, but the Covington and Powell trade where do you think those assets and how will those assets uh, 
chemistry-wise mix with Paul George and Kawhi? I, I feel like it's almost a plan for when they come back. Not so much for, like, I don't think they're going to see a lot of time on the court together. I think they're going to be two different regimes with those. Interesting. Two different regimes. You get you get Paul George and Kawhi back, and then you kind of, like, have those coming off your bench. Like, that's actually really strong. That gives some depth to the Clippers. You're putting Paul George on a regime level. Yes. I just want to understand that. Yeah. I think he would flow better, like with Kawhi on the court than with those two. I think the Covington addition is so key for playoff time because he's defense, and he can make that clutch three for you. He's been in these moments. So there's another leadership veteran presence that they got, and Powell is active. Yeah. So to your point, when Paul George and Kawhi do come back, Especially with how Reggie Jackson is balling out. And if Luke Kennard can just stay consistent, these Clippers can actually do some damage. Yeah, even playing with small ball. Like, man, they they can be lethal. I mean, they kind of already are like a small ball team. Zubak isn't really... He's a center, but he's not, you know... I I would like say he's Mason Plumlee's height. Yeah. Like like body-wise. Yeah, he's not super large. Uh, I would like more like Eubanks. Eubanks, okay. I feel like he's he's much smaller build. He doesn't have as much presence in the the paint, you know. Mm-hmm. But I I can see what you're saying. Like Covington's gonna be huge, just as to have like an outlet in the playoffs when you're like, man, I need to drop a play for someone who's gonna hit it, and they I know they're know who else I'm going to, Covington becomes an option. Alrighty, Matty Ice, I think we've waited long enough this episode to talk about, you know... The elephant in the room. Yeah. The, the one, and I guess this is where I was wrong, because I said for sure that this this trade deadline was going to come and go, and that neither of them were going to move. And, yeah, that was, that was wild. Wild news. I think we were all just shocked that the world... It brought me back to when we saw Kawhi and the Paul George thing happen in the same time with the Clippers. Yeah. That night where it just broke the news. Kawhi George or Kawhi and Paul George will be joining the Clippers together. Like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Like that, it's it's everything leans towards it, but you don't want to believe it. Like I did not want to believe that both franchises were willing to like do that. Just yeah. trade because I still feel like the Nets have lost out on so much now. Mm-hmm. They did gain a draft pick back with James Harden and I think a couple other things which were good. Um, but I mean, I'm curious to see how Ben Simmons plays. That's going to be... And when Kate, when is Katie's return? That's a huge factor. And he's been very vague about that. I remember when he first got injured... Uh, the time process was six to eight weeks, but we're we're getting close to that six week uh, landmark, and you know there, it's been very hush hush about KD's health. Yeah, whether he's progressed, whether he's the same, whether he's like well, like I don't know where he is on a day to day basis when it comes to his recovery. My my favorite moment of the week this this last week 
TV moment watching was Kevin Durant um, not pick James Harden and choose Rudy Gobert, and James Harden was the last pick. Oh in yeah, and the All Star, which uh, he handled with class. Katie handled with class, straight faced. Yeah, and LeBron's just cracking up because he knows. Yeah. Like I was, I'm not gonna draft James Harden. You go ahead and draft him. You just traded him. Yeah. I mean, he, he technically did. You, KD had green lights everything with yeah. his franchise. That was one of the big agreements to him coming to Brooklyn. He has a say. So this trade happened because of KD. The Kyrie Irving recruiting happened because of KD. Yeah. And where are the Nets now? The big three, quote-unquote big three, only played 16 games together. 13-3 and three record. I think, I think the league probably is taking a small sigh of relief of, all right, they could have been really good, but they broke up before they could, so we're good. Because I feel like that's a, that's a three, that's a big three that w- would be tough to beat if they were all healthy for a solid two years. So, if KD's foot doesn't touch the line and they beat Milwaukee, do you think this gets blown up like this? Because they probably win the chip last year. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I don't know. James Harden is very... Uh, he, I feel like he got into a situation in Brooklyn that he didn't sign up for, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't. He came in there to to win championships and have a good look at it in the next coming years. But with Katie's injuries and Kyrie's not playing, you are now looking at adding two or three years on that, knowing his contract, he's gonna have to resign at some point. Yeah. And look, you know. Kyrie's position, you know, that, that that's a whole other discussion for another time. And, you know, what, what that has caused friction-wise with like, the franchise. Like, think if he stays, they get to the, the conference finals or finals, and you can't, you lose because Kyrie wasn't in for two or four of the games that were needed. You know what I mean? Like, that's... While still getting paid the same amount. Yes. So there's no room to be like... Kyrie, take a pay cut so we can get someone else or another two players to make up for the fact of these minutes that you're not playing. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you're never going to ask to take a pay cut, but Kyrie's just got that ego. He, he wouldn't do that. He's not a team player, man. It's, it's clear. Yeah. He wanted to leave Cleveland. Um, where LeBron was ready to hand him the keys. Who knows what that franchise could have been even more if that had worked out yeah um we saw that in boston he said i want to retire as a celtic have my jersey up in the raptors and what he do raptors the the, Raptors. <laughs> um but you know what it what he do he, yeah, he left he left he left get me out of here you go to brooklyn and just he's taking so many days off continues to take the days off and it's as just putting myself on that team, like as a role player, let's say I'm a role player on the Nets, how can I look at you as my leader? Like, I'm not going to judge you for where you stand, but as a basketball player. But this is also still your job. Like, this is your job. Yes. Yes. And, and 
to still be getting paid while doing nothing that for your team, that's that's where I'm sure that situation was where like James was like, I gotta go. Exactly. Like, it's not worth my issues. And it and it kinda works for both of them. They were both in Ben Simmons wasn't in a happy position. Harden wasn't in a happy position. At least they're still both franchise players. Alright, so let's dive in to which team do you think is in a more win now ready scenario with Embiid Harden or Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, James Harden? Or no, sorry, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving Ben uh, Simmons. Hmm. I mean, at first glance, I feel like the 76ers won in this one. I don't think they got exceptionally better. But it does take a lot of pressure off of Embiid. But Embiid is going to have to learn to play into that role. Because he's now, this whole season, played like it's only him. And that's my fear for the Sixers. Mm -hmm. See how that dude's been balling out with... Yeah, I mean, you could argue Giannis is surrounded by more than yeah. Embiid, right? Yes. So Embiid is really playing on another level. He's my MVP right now. If if the league, if I had a vote, he'd be my vote. And is James Harden going to slow that momentum, How that chemistry? I mean, granted, Harden's not playing... Uh, tonight. No, in, in, he, he won't play until after the All-Star, All-Star break, break. He won't which, play. Yeah. Both of the trade did that, which I it bothers me. It's whatever. I mean, I guess I guess I'll take another week off. It's fine. No worries. Well, what did T-Max say? You don't rehab a hammy by doing step-backs? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... You just don't, man. Look. They're... You gotta be active and consistent on it for it to get, you know, more comfortable. But anywho, you were saying with um, the trades, like the grades and such, I feel like 76ers came out on top. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Nets get any better with Ben Simmons, but that's also with the whole, I mean, what if Ben Simmons goes out there, hasn't played all year, and then gets hurt from not playing all year? Possibility. 100% a possibility, mm -hmm. and I don't wish that upon anyone. Knock on wood. Like, I would love to see Ben Simmons play. Wouldn't it be great if he came out and suddenly shot only threes and was successful? That would be cool too. Like, but I don't think he solves the Nets issue. I don't think so either. I mean, because it is more internal. Mm. Not not a player. I don't even think a player like Shaq for could like if he in his prime were on the Nets could solve what's going on because yeah. it goes deeper than just basketball. There's friction. There's a reason why tension was so high, and and this trade happened now. And that's and that's hard on a team like mentally while you're also playing four or five games a, a week. You know, like egos, man. Yep. Egos just because then when you get in clutch moments, which you've noticed with the Nets, is it's who's gonna get the ball, and a lot of times it's whoever ends up with the inbound is choosing to like keep it in ISO and not go and run any plays. With Embiid's uh, resume history in the playoffs, and with James Harden's resume in the playoffs, we've seen Harden come up short many times mm -hmm. in many games. 
So when it comes down to those crunch time moments, I want to see Embiid with the ball. Yes. And Embiid chooses, okay, do I, you know, get the double team and then do a fade or do I pass it back out to Hart? He makes that decision. Yeah, but he should be starting with it in. Like, as soon as James Harden gets to the end of the court, it's straight straight into Embiid so he can make that decision. I literally hope when they first met each other, the first thing MB said to him was, look at me. I'm the captain now, and I've been the captain. Guess who's still going to be the captain? Me. Yeah. By the way, when you knocked on the wood, did you knock on your chest? That was, that was really impressive. <laughs> I knocked on wood. Man, you've been doing push-ups? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, neither has Ben Simmons. <laughs> I feel like the trade with... The Spurs kind of like, we made some good moves. We moved forward on a couple of people. We got rid of Derek White, which I said I was willing to get rid of. But we also, I don't think Goran Dragic is going to play for us at all. He, they already agreed to a buyout, or at least the rumor is they have agreed, and it's going to happen within the next day or two. Yeah, and it's all contenders. Yeah. So, it's unfortunate. I would have... Do you think they made that trade knowing that was going to happen? I guess, but I mean, like, what do you, what do you gain from a buyout? Like, is... Because you, if you absorb the contract, right, does that mean if they're buying it out, you're basically getting that cash on hand to spend on, like, 10 days? No. I don't know what it is, like, but... Anywho, I just feel like it's a pointless trade because it's a body that, like, doesn't even put a uniform on. Yeah, and he was a one. He's been an all star. He could have helped you guys in this try to make this run for the tenth seed. Um, what about uh, Mr. White? I know that is a player you really enjoyed watching and yes. really liked on the Spurs. You have a few of his cards, I believe. Yes. So trading him to Boston, how do you feel that does for both teams? I think it's kind of good for us because I don't think there was much more he could learn from us, you know, but I think in Boston, he gives Boston a good chance and a much like more consistent, like three point shot that they need on their lineup right now. So when Jalen Brown is cold, yeah, white, they can go to white and he can just do what Bruce Bowen did essentially Mm -hmm. for the Spurs. Just hit that corner three when they need it and play good defense. Yep. It makes total sense for Boston, but in a sense, this is good for your Spurs, as you mentioned. It gives also your younger players more time uh, to play, like uh, Walker. Yeah, Lonnie Walker, mm-hmm. Keldon Johnson starting mm-hmm. more, and Keldon Johnson's been on fire from three um, as of late in the past like six games, eight games. So it's really nice to see him start in the position that where Derek White was. And then we have Primo coming on. That's important. Yeah. And I think Pop knew that in this trade. He saw that. Yeah. That, like, there had to be a conversation between him and management. Like, we can gain from this white trade. And also because this... Not to say that white was holding the Spurs back. But it could propel us further, even further yeah. without him. And I think it shows that we're going for a playoff push. Which was what I was wondering what we were going to do, whether it was stay where you're at or like 
push. I mean, your team clearly has made a push. My team. Shout out to King's Twitter, the most toxic basketball Twitter you'll ever see. Man, they... Rashawn, they... Rashawn Holmes' mom is taking a break from Twitter because of King's fans just calling out Rashawn or, or saying whatever to her. Like, it's Jeez. really upsetting. Like, I'm, I'm very upset at King's... I, I know we haven't made the playoffs in 15 years, but, but y'all need line. to... Con- like, yeah. people need to start being banned. If you're a Kings fan, you need to start being banned till the season over if yeah. you're going to be doing stuff like that. That's not cool. Um, but yeah, we totally did a 180 on our franchise. Mm-hmm. And I like it. Yeah. It's clear that it's gonna. there's going to be some road bumps. Unfortunately, the Nets ended their uh, losing streak against us. But... I think this team with the Sabonis Fox, they learn how to play together. Yeah. They're gonna play together a lot better than what Halliburton, how Halliburton and Fox would have played yeah. together. I think I think Sabonis is the veteran your roster needed to make Fox get better. Yeah. Because Elevate. Fox was sort of the the best on that team. So he had no one to like push him to be better. And now Sabonis is the one. And he's a good one too. Yes, he he's, he's everywhere. He's, he's active. Yep. He's gotten double double, um, averaging good assist numbers too. I really do like this trade. I know losing Halliburton sucks, Sacktown, and it and I, I'm sad about it too. But at the same time, I I see the benefits of this trade. And a lot of Sacramento Kings fans don't yet see it, and maybe it's it's hard to imagine that because we're we've been in despair for so long. How can you imagine? Yeah. Anything changing, right? Not every not every change is going to be comfortable, and it's definitely everyone had gotten very comfortable with Tyrese Halliburton and saw his ceiling. Yeah. It's very high, but you did gain someone for win now instead of win later. Yeah, exactly. And he's still under contract with us for two and a half years. Yeah. So it's going to be Sabonis Fox together for those years. Yeah. We're thinking big picture. And, and I'd rather have Sabonis that. over Halliburton. Yeah. I, that's just two me. Two-time All-Star over a, a sophomore? Like, yeah. I'll take it. I texted my dad when that trade happened. Because I thought, just looking at the reaction, and even ESPN, like I've, I've told you, yeah, like yeah. they were saying... I've seen it several times on the, the TV where they're just like... How dumb this trade was. Yeah. And so I kind of felt like, I'm, am I not reacting enough? So I texted my dad and, you know, bottom line is you have to trade something to get something. Yep. In this league, that and that's a trade something for something on both ends. Pacers get three-point shooter, no defense, Buddy Hill. Yeah. And potential superstar Halliburton. We'll see how his ceiling is. Yeah. But I'd rather take the Fox the bonus duo over Halliburton Fox duo over the next three years. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, like I said, a win now scenario. You know, give yourself three years to develop that. Yeah. And getting DiVincenzo. Yeah. That's huge for us as well. He'll be a three point shooter and a defensive presence with Davion Mitchell coming off the bench. And one last uh, trade to mention, Serge Ibaka going to the Bucks. That's going to be very, very clutch. Don't yeah. sleep on that trade, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, don't sleep on his threes either. He has gotten lethal from out there. As we unwind on this Balls Out podcast episode, Matty Ice, 
We had a lot of good trade talk here. I know we mentioned the Atlanta Hawks as a team that stayed put. Um, two other teams that stayed put, if we don't count the pointless Cam Reddish trade, um, Knicks and Lakers, yeah. which LeBron wanted, I don't want to say blow up that team, but he wanted a change. And the Lakers put their foot down and was like, no, we're not going to let you do that. Or, Interesting. So it was the Lakers organization's decision to not make any moves. Yes. I, I watched Brian Windhorse today on Pardon the Interruption. Shout out to Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser. They're some of the best sports uh, journalists ever. Uh, if you guys have a chance to watch Pardon the Interruption, do that. Um, ESPN. They Brian Windhorse was on talking about how the Lakers decided that we're going to stay put with what we have and make the best out of it. And LeBron wanted to, whether it was Westbrook, whether it was another move, like make something happen. Yeah. But Lakers um, Lakers decided to... To stay put. And yeah. I, I just don't know if that's the right call. Like, you have, you have ammo to trade with. I don't think anybody was looking for any of those pieces in particular. Nope. Like, I don't know what you're going to get for Mello. I don't know what you're going to get for... Dwight Howard's on there, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to... Like, Westbrook, I don't think anybody's looking for Westbrook. The rumor is that the Lakers offered Westbrook to the Kings for Buddy Heald and a first-round pick. And we just hung up the phone. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Not, not going to happen. But Knicks, Lakers, the two most disappointing teams of the 2022 season stay put we'll see what happens i'm very excited to see all-star weekend coming up so you know we're gonna have the all-star podcast coming towards y'all uh my name is mitchell keith maddie ice and this has been balls out talk to your petty asses later